into the next episode of Try Talk SA. How's it going? I'm Brad Brown. It's good to be with you. Thanks again for joining us here uh, on this triathlon podcast. I hope you're well. Hope the training's going well this coming weekend. Ironman 5150 in Bella Bella. Uh, looking forward to, to being there. I'm not racing. I'm going to be uh, race announcing. So if you are going to be up at Bella Bella this weekend, please do come say how's it. Uh, I love, love hearing uh, from people who listen to Try Talk SA. So uh, if you are going to be up there, do come say how's it, introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, I look forward to, to meeting you. On today's episode of Try Talk SA, a guest that I've been meaning to get on for ages. Uh, been getting so many emails and tweets and Facebook messages saying I need to chat to this person. She is incredible. She's a mom of three. Uh, she's a, a wife. She's also qualified for Kona this year. She won her age group at Ironman South Africa this year, and she is off to the Big Island to race against the best in the world. That's coming up on today's show. Uh, she's got a pretty incredible story, so make sure you keep listening, okay? I also just wanted to give you a heads up. If uh, you haven't listened to our sister podcast yet, it's called Ask Prof Noakes. Uh, fascinating, fascinating podcast. It comes out three times a week. They short little uh, snippets. They're between three and five minutes uh, long each. Really, really short. But it's Professor Tim Noakes answering a question on the low-carb, high-fat diet. So if you haven't checked it out yet, it's pretty interesting. Lots of questions with regards to endurance, sport, and how you can compete uh, on that diet. The website to get to is askprofnoakes.com. Dot com. Okay, I'll put the link uh, in the show notes to this episode of Try Talk SA as well. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get straight into this week's show uh, with Kelly Funder Tuin. Well, I've been meaning to chat to our next guest for a while now. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal age grouper and just really busy. Uh, if, you th- if you've got excuses of why you can't do try, our next guest uh, has probably got double or triple those excuses. Uh, and uh, even with those excuses, she manages to, to really perform time after time. Kelly Funder Twin, welcome on to Try Talk SA. Thank you so much for your time. I know things are, are really busy for you at the moment. You're ramping up your, your Kona training, uh, but uh, thanks for your time this morning hi nice to speak to you brad kelly the reason i wanted to chat to you is uh, a lot of people down in cape town obviously know your story and 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 just your amazing journey into, into try but uh, i wanted to share it with our listeners too from a from a national perspective here in south africa but also on, on a global perspective because i think you are truly inspiring and and what you've done and what you're doing is just absolutely incredible uh first of all you're a mum of three so, yeah. so that's a full-time job on its own. And besides that, you've gone and qualified for Kona this year. Absolutely. I qualified last year, but I, I, was, I think I was more in shock the day after. And I just wanted to spend time with the family, having kind of pushed them to one side for the five months before, before doing my first Ironman. I couldn't quite believe how well I'd done and being fastest age grouper in my first Ironman. And it took me another year to kind of gear myself and realize, actually, this Kona thing must happen i can't i can't turn it down a second year running it's um it's too good to be true and i would it's the, it's the mecca of triathlon you have to go you get the opportunity you only get these things happening like once or twice in your lifetime so yeah okay let, let's take a step back and and just look at your your start in triathlon and, and how it all began and how you got into the sport when, when did you first start i mean you've obviously you you've been pretty athletic and you are pretty athletic but triathlon as a sport i mean when did it first appear on your radar um, when I was probably 13, 14, I did my first swim run biathlon, um, 
triathlon was a very new sport in, in the 80s in Cambridge in the UK. And we had a very high-profile um, triathlete in Sarah Springman, Dr. Springman, who um, I think he's gone on to be president or one of the like vice presidents of um, the ITU. She's very involved in high-up organization um, in triathlon. She, she had done a number of Ironman races. I think she finished fifth at Kona twice. Um, so she was a phenomenal athlete in her own right, but you know, she was probably my age and I thought of this old woman doing these amazing <laughs> things and, you know, she was like the person we all looked up to. But she always said to me, come on, girl, you can swim, you can ride a bike. I know you run at school, you must, you know, you was coming to this sport and I kind of looked at the things she was doing and I thought she was absolutely nuts. So no way, no way on earth. And it wasn't until I was 19 that I um, happened to be on a holiday in, in Lanzarote um, and I watched my first triathlon and I was sold, totally sold. I saw the guys in there in their speedos and that was me. <laughs> so, I mean, you, it, it's been part of your life for, for a while now. And, and when did you realize you first had, had ability? Um, well, I always, you know, I came from a swimming background. So I always used to swim well. Um, having ridden a bike since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Um, my, my dad's actually a very competitive cyclist. So I was brought up with proper racing bikes in the house. And um, we used to, you know, it was nothing for our family to go off for a 50-mile cycle on a weekend. We didn't really kind of think quite the same as normal families in the UK. But we'd quite often have panniers and go off cycle touring and doing stuff. I was one of the stronger bikers. And so with a good swim and a good bike, then it was just left for me to kind of hold in on the run and in the early days I used to be known as you know that girl who swims well and bikes well but she's a bit heavy on the run and always running scared um, and it took the best part of 20 years to sort of shed a bit of puppy fat and learn to run effectively and, and I'm not I'm still not a brilliant runner but I do enjoy my running much more than I did in the early days. 10k used to terrify me <laughs> to say that and now I'm kind of yeah 10Ks, we'll just get that knocked out. <laughs> You're just warming up <laughs> after time. 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kelly, and, and then your journey to Ironman. I mean, you're talking about triathlon being a part of your life for, for a while now, but you you, uh -huh. did, you did your first Ironman last year, 20, 2013. What took you yeah. so long to, to make the step up to the, the really long one? Do you know, um, it was, again, it was Sarah Springman. I remember her doing one of these evening talks, um, and there were quite a few of the old guard of triathlon um, at at the at the talk, they were talking about um, you know people finishing with vomit coming down the tops and you know feces and all sorts of revolting things. And I can remember being this like wide-eyed 19-year-old thinking, why, why would you ever put yourself through those things? Um, and as I say, 10k's is a terrifying proposition. You know, I could just hang on to 10k's, but I thought there's no way on earth I'll ever run a marathon. But also um, things like the discomfort of riding a bike for 180 k's, um, you know, just being sore on a bike. And I think it wasn't until I got my first ISM saddle that I thought, well, actually, maybe there is a way I could ride further than, you know, further than a half Ironman. And it was around my 35th birthday when I'd had my third child and decided that's it, I'm done having kids. Um, I kind of created my own little bucket list of things I wanted to do before my 40th. And Ironman was on there. It was one of those things. And I, I made my return to the sport. Um, 
much more spectacularly than I'd ever anticipated. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be a participant in completing a race, but suddenly I became competitive again and um yeah, I just can't hold myself back. Too much fun. <laughs> That's incredible. Kelly, let's talk about getting the balance right. And, and it must be extremely difficult as a mom, and, and not just a mom of one, but a mom of three. Uh, for most people, they, they think about Ironman training and, and just the amount of training you have to do is just so daunting, never mind having to juggle everything in your life along with it. How do you get that balance right of being a mom, of, of getting your training right, and, and just having balance in your life? Um, partly for me, it's a matter of sanity. Um, I've got twins who are um, almost nine years old, and from the minute they were born, there's been like a constant um, it's just kind of busyness in my life. And the twin, uh, the, the twins take a certain amount of my energy, but the exercise seems to kind of numb my stress levels so I can actually cope with the twins much better. And I love my twins to bits, but they, they know full well that I'm a much happier mum when I've been for a, you know, run out the door or so long as I've done some form of exercise through the day, then I can manage anything. And we, life's never plain sailing. We've moved countries since the twins are born. We've moved to Johannesburg, then back to Glasgow for another two years and then now to Cape Town. And I am very settled here after, after two and a half years. But there's always that thought that maybe hubby's job's going to take us away again somewhere else. And you never quite know what's around the corner. So the sport's like the one constant in my life as well as the, as the kids. But if they know that if mum's, if mum's happy, then we're all happy. Um, so it's cheaper than medication. And therapy. <laughs> and therapy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Kelly, what, what advice would you give? I mean, that is, I mean, it's one of the, the big things that, that hold particularly girls back. And, and I think it's, it's unfair, but that's the reality of the situation that a lot of women uh, struggle with the, the motherhood and being a wife and, and really wanting to take part in the sport. And, and perhaps they're married to a triathlete and it's something they'd like to do, but they just really, they just don't believe in themselves possibly that they can do it or or they, they just don't know where they could find the time I mean first of all Ironman shouldn't be the goal for everyone it, it should be a case of just doing the sport to stay healthy and and stay involved but what advice could you give to a mum who's, who's thinking hey I'd, I'd love to get involved in the sport of try but I, I don't quite know how to go about getting started and organizing my life that that things can fall into place I think the first thing is um Little and often is far more effective than going out for a, a 10k run and and then not doing anything for the rest of the week. I have um, started doing a little bit of kind of ambassador coaching um, for Ray and Natalie, just working with new newbie athletes and and meeting with people, talking to people, um, trying to help people to understand that it's it's much more effective to be out there run you know for five, ten minutes after a, a short cycle than try and achieve, you know, a, a full training session. At the moment, I mean, if, you, if you've not done any exercise for 16 years, which like many new mums haven't exercised since they left school, um, it's far easier to just ease the body in step by step, just make it a habit, get out the door, um, go run around the block, take your dogs, take, take the pram, Try and keep moving and get basically exercise as, as, as a way of life um, before you start to build in the pressure to, to 
complete this session to complete the next session. You've got to be happy doing it. And once you realize that you actually get an endorphin kick from running five kilometers um, as much as you get an endorphin kick from running 20 kilometers, you know, you, there's always time for a 20 minute jog run. Um, there's, there's no excuses. There's no reason why you can't just fit those things in before you go off to, to the school or um, wherever. I think the hardest thing is just is creating habits and making making little routines to find a bit of time for yourself that's out of the normal day. Um, and I think exercising in the morning is probably the best thing because as soon as you start pushing it to the end of the day, it's just not going to happen. The kids have far more needs, and by the time you put the kids to bed, you you don't have that energy to kind of push yourself and do anything. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just about creating like a mindset. And I will give myself five minutes today. I will give myself twenty minutes. I will do you know just little things for yourself within the days. It's, it's not a massive sacrifice. I think you've made a, a very important point there, and, and that's about creating and putting side aside for yourself. Uh, that, yeah. That's something that a lot of moms, I think, battle with, and, and I think a lot of it has got to do with guilt. Is They, they feel that they, they shouldn't be looking after themselves, but it's really important to put that time, uh, time aside for yourself, isn't it? And the more the kids see that you go out, you do your thing, and you come back with a big smile on your face, the more accepting the children will be to let you go and do that thing. Even if they know, okay, mum, mum's going to have to put us into the Virgin Active Crash or the, um, leave us with a friend for half an hour. They know that mummy comes back with a, you know, kind of a glow, post-exercise glow. We all have it when, you know, whatever we've done. And the kids recognize when it needs to happen and they will then start to accommodate you. Initially, the first few times it can be a bit of a battle saying, you know, goodbye to your precious new baby. <laughs> Um, but it's so much, you know, it's, it's just worth it for the for the buzz you get to be your own person for just that little time away. Yeah, absolutely. I find it, for me, exercise is just pure escapism. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you say, it's cheaper than medication and therapy. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely worth doing. Kelly, let, let's talk about sort of now, now that you, you've qualified for Kona the last two years, you, you took up the slot uh, in Port Elizabeth after this year's Ironman South Africa. And I was standing on the side of the room when, when they called your name out. And I was actually standing next to Ray and Natalie uh, when, when that happened. And just the excitement from them. I mean, you, you are obviously really excited. But the excitement from them that, that you were taking up the slot knowing that it was going to be a long winter that you needed to train really hard through winter to, to go and really compete on the big island. Tell me, tell me what it was like once you, you walked up on stage and you said, I'm taking the slot, and, and when it sunk in that you were going to Hawaii. Um, I think it still hasn't quite sunk in. I have moments when I think, really? Am I really going to do this? Um, I didn't actually realize Ray and Natalie were in the room uh, when I took the slot. Uh, they've, they've put absolutely no pressure on me to to go or not to go. They've been incredibly supportive, um, and obviously the Big Island has so many special memories and like meaning for them. With Ray having produced incredible performances, and I, I found working with him as a as a like, former pro athlete, um, there's there's knowledge that I can I can glean from every every session I train with him. You know he's he doesn't say a lot, but if you want to know, he's got the answer to most things. It's pretty incredible. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's like little things that happen and you suddenly realize this is it. I'm on my way. 
um, I couldn't have been prepared better. And it, things may not go in my favour on the day, but at least um, I've been learning from one of the best in the world. And it's, you know, what an opportunity. Kitty, as far as as having a coach for for this sport, I think a lot of people when they first get in, they think they're going to wing it, and and I'll be honest, I I was one of them, uh, and and think they can figure things out for themselves, and you never really get better without a coach. I mean, you you you've been coached by Lucy Zelenkova Reed, you now with with Ray and uh, Ray and Natalie Tissing down in in Cape Town. What what's having a coach really mean to you, and and sort of getting things your head wrapped around what you need to do and and how to do it. Um, it's funny actually because in the UK I produce some pretty um, pretty solid performances without having um, a one-to-one coach. I was working in a club setting um, with a club coach who uh, actually he's, he's a mad genius, um, John Dargy up at Fusion Coaching in Glasgow, and I came on like leaps and bounds just from working in a structured club environment um, and. I think we are definitely missing. There's, there's an opportunity, like many opportunities, missed time, time and time over. I think South Africa is quite a, um, a developing country in terms of its um, triathlon setup and growth for the sport. Um, we need more. We need more opportunities for youth to come through um, from whatever sports background they're in. But you can see that there's the country's in a bit of a crisis in terms of sports. Anyway, looking at um, Commonwealth results and stuff trying to bring people through from from very early years we don't have the infrastructure for racing or for training or for you know club setup and stuff um which they have in the uk and um so i think that that's that's what i'm saying is i think uh, we need to move towards that in south africa to try and bring on the next generation of, of decent triathletes there shouldn't be some 40 year old chick with three kids running around <laughs> winning <a> triathlon <laughs> for much longer i would like to see that change <laughs> i love it kelly and uh, just to to wrap things up uh, you mentioned that bucket list that you made when you you had your your third little one uh iron man was on that list what else was on that list oh goodness uh, now you're asking me i think i might have achieved the other things um let me think. Um, I wouldn't rule out a comrade, you know. Now you, when you live in this country, you, you live to. here long enough, and somebody <laughs> somebody starts nudging you. So would you? Would you? Would you? Um, I probably wouldn't do anything wild until I've finished properly racing. And I, you know, comrades, I'm never going to be a competitive athlete mm. over that distance. Um, and at the moment, I'm having too much fun to really, you know kind of stop being competitive at <laughs> things so i'll probably pick the pick the things that i can i can still go and um race hard at i'd like to do a bit more road racing on the bike maybe um you know we'll see see what's out there and as far There's as so much so much sport in this country no, that absolutely it, you know and especially, Too many events. Yeah, especially being down in Cape Town. I mean, Cape Town is just uh, amazing when it comes to to sporting and outdoors, and and just the, the just the the, the the amount of things that are on your own back doorstep that you can get out and do. It's incredible. And then Kelly, just looking at uh, at Kona. I mean, what what are you hoping for deep down in Kona? I mean, you've obviously got ambitions and what you would like to do. Uh, what 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 you got what you got planned? Um, I think. We try not to put too much pressure on me in terms of achieving a like a, a result. Um, obviously, having 
yeah, I know Kirsty um, Thompson very well. Um, she's a training partner and good friend of mine. She finished seventh last year, and I think she did have better prep than me in terms of her acclimatization, like getting to the island early enough that she was settled in and used to the heat. And she's an athlete that does perform well in the heat. But if she can finish seventh, then I kind of want to aim at least <laughs> at least one better than that because that's just me. <laughs> I love Kirsty to bits, but you know I'm like I'm not going to settle for for lower than that. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be aiming for one of those top five places. Um, but who knows? Who knows how I'm going to perform in the heat? I always said um, before I'd ever done an Ironman. I think Ironman New Zealand would suit me, or Keltman, or something kind of cold and miserable because. I've always had some of my best races when everyone else is suffering and climbing off with hypothermia. Um, but maybe that's just because I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a teeny weeny, um, skinny malinky, small athlete. Um, so let's just hope that I can cope with the eating Kona. Um, and, you know, I believe I'm up there with the best, the best chicks of my age in the world. Um, on paper, I could, I could get the top spot, but who knows? There's just some really good girls out there, and uh, it'll just be a good race, I think. Can't, can't, uh, my, can't my, wait. My, my aim is not to get DQ'd or job <laughs> <laughs> busted or anything like that. I'll, I'll be trying for a clean and fair race, and um, and just go and soak up the atmosphere because what an epic venue! No, absolutely, it's going to be incredible. Kelly, you mentioned something else there that I wanted to touch on too, and I'm glad you brought it up, and and I wanted to ask you about it. You you blogged recently about triathletes and their obsession with weight. Yes. What's your, what's your take on it? Sorry, could you just repeat that? Uh, what, what's I, your your take on 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 the weight issue? Obviously, triathletes are obsessive issue. when it comes to weight. Okay, my my take on the weight issue is. Um, I think you've got to be happy to to and, and healthy to race well. I think um, I think Jodie Swallow is one of one of my heroes from that perspective. She's always one of these people who she defies the conventional look of triathletes. She's you know she's definitely leaner than I've seen her in a long time, but she's she's an athlete that she performs at whatever weight she is, and it should be an issue. Um, you know what somebody's personal size or build is she shouldn't really come into it um she's strong as long as you're injury free and healthy the weight should kind of take care of itself as long as you're putting in the training and you're you know you're hitting the times you're aiming to to hit you just need to put the blinkers on and not look at it's not a body image competition um you just got to do your own thing because you know we all come in different different packages um yes by all means, you know you don't you don't want to fuel yourself on absolute rubbish because you won't get very far on it. But um, I would rather be, you know, a few pounds over maybe my optimum race weight and be injury free um, for most of the year than be somebody who's just right on the edge of of what my body can handle in terms of um, skinniness and be constantly fighting colds and. And uh, like I say, I'm a mum. I'm not a full-time pro athlete. I need to I need to set a decent example to my kids and show them, you know, that I eat real food and I'm not measuring my portions. And weight can become such a big hang-up. Um, and I think trying to be content with your lot is is so much more important than 
trying to change this thing and that thing and the next thing. Mm. So you can you can become OCD very quickly. <laughs> and I fight it every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Kelly, you are amazing. I can't wait to, to track you in Kona and watch you. It, I think it's going to be amazing. You're in for a, a brilliant experience, I'm sure. And I wish you all the best from, from all of us here at TriTalk SA, all of our listeners as well. Uh, and say uh, yeah, all the best. Thank you, Brad. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Have a great day. Cheers, guys. Bye. And that's it. Uh, an amazing story and uh, what an incredible athlete as well. If you've ever seen Kelly race, it is phenomenal. She is a racing machine. Uh, all the best for Kona as well, Kelly. Thank you for your time uh, and thank you for listening to this edition of Try Talk SA. Don't forget, if you haven't left us a review or rating on iTunes, please would you consider doing so. Uh, it just helps us grow the audience. Obviously, the more ratings and reviews we get, iTunes then ranks us higher in their rankings and we get in front of more eyeballs and eventually more eardrums. So uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the better it is and helps us spread the word of triathlon here in South Africa and globally. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, please just take a few minutes out of your time, uh, out of your day, and, and give us a little bit of your time to, to leave one of those reviews. So until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, we'll see you at 5150 Bella Bella this coming weekend. Have yourself a great one. Cheers. Cheers.